Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. What a weekend of motorsport. So much action, so much going on. There's Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3. There's supercars from Melbourne. It all happened down under. IndyCar, which was just epic. MotoGP from Argentina and NASCAR from Richmond. And Caterham Racing, of course, we'll come on to. Never forgetting Caterham Racing. But first, Tiff, the million-dollar question. Formula 1, our beloved sport. Is it a sport now or is it entertainment? Well, I mean, sadly, I think it's the latter. But I think before we just go on to what happened to the race and where we're at, I mean, it's worth just looking back slightly over the history of Formula 1 to see how we've ended up where we are. Because back in the 70s, when I loved it, you know, there was that nine different teams could win every race and Lord Heskis could build his own racing car and win a Grand Prix um, because it was a simple formula with sort of mechanical guys. And then Aero arrived with ground effect in 1979-80, and ever since then, the cars have just been getting more and more high-tech, you know, more and more brilliant aero design. Um, and that's the way it's gone on and on. And, of course, you know, in 2010, the more clever aero comes in, the less you can follow the car in front. So that's been the development since the sort of very mechanical era of the 70s to the aero-dominated era we have now. So when in 2010, you know, Fernando Alonso couldn't overtake, what was it, um, it was the Russian, wasn't it? Petrov. He couldn't get by him in Abu Dhabi to, to claim the world championship. So never was thought, this is ridiculous. You know, cars cannot overtake. And of course, that was also another part of our world I would criticise when the first, they were in a Tilka circuit with Abu Dhabi. And I think a lot of the fault, they've gone to sort of, you know, artificially create overtaking, but without really addressing the circuits, which I think the circuits went too many corners. So it looked Tilka pretty, turn, turn, turn. Yes, it looks lovely. Uh, but he can't overtake unless you've got a corner, reasonable straight, another corner. So that, the track's the one thing. So Aero got more and more dominant. DRS was then introduced the following year, 2011. It's now, what, 12 years of DRS. Wow. wow. Um, because everyone says, well, this is ridiculous. We've got a formula and nobody can overtake, which I agreed. You know, Aero was ruining it. But instead of changing the cars, <laughs> they loved their Aero. So the rules were, you know, more freedom. I think at this point, you, you have to point out there are still those on Twitter that want even more freedom. The real tech guys, they love the tech. They want a Grand Prix car to the most advanced supersonic super tech car in the world. And I understand that's their viewpoint. And loads like myself and all those on Twitter that say, well, I'm, I'm giving up watching Formula One, to be honest, I'm giving it up. You know, want real racing with, where it's more of a driver and not more the car. Because nowadays the car is so dominant. It's 98% the car and 2% the driver. I'm exaggerating. Um, but so this went on. And as I said, you know, there has got more and more double. We then had the Ross Braun regulations, which I and many others were conned into believing that he was determined to get rid of DRS. And yet this new formula came out where the cars can follow a little closer, but still can't overtake without DRS. So that's where we're stuck at the moment. And as much as we moan about we should have DRS, the next set of regulations, look at them, 2026, uh, already little is going to change. So it's this, <laughs> I'm building up to the fact we're just going to have to virtually accept them. 2026, they say the cars are going to be lighter and shorter. Uh, there's some engine regulations, a lot more electric, more electric power is going to be involved, less from the, from the fuel-powered engine. And Ross Braun even said, they're talking about having active aero. So literally they can slow down the leader by reducing his aero in the middle of the race. Absolutely ridiculous. What but, are they thinking? But the problem, I mean, it all came to a head really at the famous Abu Dhabi, you know, two years ago, because Liberty now owned it. And Liberty said, we want exciting racing. The pressure was on poor old Massey. You know, we must race to the finish line. And Bernie had actually started it years earlier when he, he created the end of the safety car was just before the last corner. So when the safety car was released, we had this, this view of people overtaking into the last corner. Um, so then at least the cars would cross the line at full throttle and not be following a safety car. That was Bernie's way of getting out of the embarrassment of, of, a, of a race finishing, you know, with cars cruising by behind a pace it, car. It doesn't happen that often, though. 2020 Monza, I think, was the last time it finished under I know. a safety car. Well, it's, I know, but it just when it happens once, they all panic. Gosh, we have to have racing. So, you know, this is where Massey was under pressure. You know, Red Bull say, we need a race. We want a race. 
Massey says, I've given you a race. Well, of course, you all know it was a one-handed race because one had brand new tyres and the other didn't. So we got this huge pressure now on the on the FIA officials to create a race at the end. And then we look, you know, we'll talk about the IndyCar race later on, but everybody poo-poos IndyCar because they say, oh, it's a, it's a single mate, it's a spec car. Well, that's old-fashioned rubbish. Um, well, they do have two different engines. They've got both Chevrolet and, and um, the other one, Ford Honda. Um, but although they say, you know, it's just spec cars, you've still got to have the best aerodynamics and the best engineers to win IndyCar. So you, it's dominated by, you know, Penske, Ganassi, um, Aaron McLaren and Andretti. But, you know, you can have a team like Ray Har Letterman, a really experienced team with a spec car. In qualifying for the Texas race, they were four miles an hour slow. Their three drivers were the back three on the grid. And in the race, they were getting overtaken like they were standing still. Now, that's a spec car because their aerodynamics and engineers can't get that little tweak right. So, so it's not a simple spec car. It still needs brilliant designers to get the best out of them. Um, but, of course, if you give those brilliant designers a completely clean sheet and you've got Mr. Newey's brilliant aero team at Red Bull, uh, the, the wider the regulations, the wider the gap will be between the, the top car and the second. Look, Tiff, there's, so, a balance, there's a balance to everything, isn't there? And I, I think the balance is wrong in, in the aero department at the moment. And I think the balance is wrong in terms of the size. And I would love the balance to shift much more to being yeah. about the driver. And but not it's not. It, it's, it's not going to happen. This is the not. trouble. Because, because, because so we can the, moan and complain yeah. all we like. Exactly. Uh, the purists like us, but it's exactly. going to be here to stay. And they're probably going to make it more dramatic and, and even yeah. go for more entertainment, if that is possible. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the, the, I mean to, to, to give liberty in Formula 1 their dues, I mean, the, the, it was the biggest crowd ever at Melbourne, whereas the Texas race was had loads of empty seats in the grandstand. So Texas was watched by <laughs> race enthusiasts. And Melbourne, like more and more Grand Prix's, watched by people i want to go to a grand prix what's a grand prix grand prix is it and wow this is the place to be yeah and, you know, but it's a different audience the u.s audience and, and the global audience of formula yeah. one and my, i have but to say was... my sister was there with her family she said it was amazing she said where they, uh, in melbourne was, in melbourne said it was they live in they live in um uh, sunshine coast but they said yeah. it was uh, easy to get around the atmosphere was amazing um, yeah but then but then the atmosphere but they but you see them all standing on, on those banks just watching cars go by on a straight line <laughs> behind, behind, and they go back on Monday to work. So, wow, it was amazing. What a weekend we had at Melbourne. We were there. And that's what Liberty wanted to be. They wanted to be the event, whether it's a Miami or Vegas or Monte Carlo. Um, and therefore, you know, places like Spa and the French circuits are getting pushed off the calendar because they haven't got the razzmatazz. That'd be such a and shame it's, on Formula One if that well, ever it, does happen. If if, well, if Spa and the, the way historic going. circuits go, it'd be shame on Formula mm. One. And then I do think there will be a, a big shift of people like us that will say, you know what, enough's enough. Well, yeah. Well, a lot of people on Twitter say. So anyway, so we get to the Australian and this is why the pressure is built up on the officials to make the racing, you know, to create the racing. So now they almost seem to want to have a red flag as soon as they can you know, because the pressure is to make sure they race the finish. Um, and in my opinion, I think one of the drivers, most of the drivers would say, no, neither red flag was necessary. They're overreacting safety-wise, um, getting carried away. And, you know, I mean, the first one, Albon, you know, was a bit of tech pro damage. Someone says you, you had to have a red flag because I had to repair the tech pro. Well, just go round and round with a safety car, repair your tech pro, release and race again. But it did, they didn't um, have to do that. They said it was about the... It wasn't about the, the barrier, gravel. It was about the gravel. Gravel. They got to make their mind up. I think that. I, do you know what? I think they put that in there just to make themselves sound a bit better. And yes, yeah. we had to replace the tech flow. But even if they did have to repair it, sorry, not replace it. Even if they did, that's what a safety car's for. That's yeah. look at look at IndyCar. We'll come on to that in a moment. They've got road sweepers and they've got pickup trucks and all sorts under. <laughs> Drives blowers. Yeah. All the money, all the one for one spend. They must get better. But I mean, the trouble is with this: if you go this way, you ruin Grand Prix racing. Grand Prix racing is about a long two-hour race with strategy, you know, because because George had decided to change tyres, but as soon as the yellow flags went out, the safety car, you know, he didn't expect a red flag, and therefore it ruined, screwed his race because they went red flag and not staying on the safe. So you don't know as a, as a team manager now what the hell the bloody organisers are going to do. But I think, um, Tiff, there's a simple solution to that and don't allow people to change tyres under a red flag. Well, so they might a have solution. a carbon fibre. They might have a bit of carbon fibre in them. That's all safety, 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 safety. Well, OK, well, they're going to have a 10-second um, penalty or, or, or whatever oh, the pit stop is. Or whatever. Well, I know, but it's, it's, 
they can't. I think that rule has to change where you can where you can make any alter, alterations to the car under red flag because yeah. because look at look at Abu Dhabi, look at yesterday with George and Carlos. Uh, it's just not fair on those drivers that that are in are in prime position and then they because of uh, lack of the gods of the FIA they um, they lose out. It's not fair. Yeah. But I'd also say don't let them pit under virtual safety car or, or, or safety car. America, yeah. they close the pit roads. Absolutely, you can't come in yeah. during the full course yellow. So that would keep the sort of order in, in, in the meritocracy. And nobody would get, you know, you lose a race because the virtual, virtual safety car comes out and the guy that was 10 seconds behind you nips into the pits, changes his tires, comes out ahead of you. And you think, well, that's just because of a virtual safety car. Um, but yet it was a great Grand Prix. That's the well, saddest let's, let's thing. Start, well, let's start with qualifying. Uh, Sergio Perez didn't really get off the <laughs> yes, I don't know mechanically because... Actually, in the race, Max was complaining he's locking up his front. So he went off on the grass and he was yeah. leading. And of course, Sergio is saying, My front's like, I don't know, because of course, it's fly by wire brakes. And obviously, in the olden days, if you lock your fronts, I'd turn me a little knob and put a bit more balance on the rear. My fronts wouldn't lock anymore. Now, I don't know how adjustable the drivers have. You know, instead of, if the fronts are locking, surely they can do something to put more. Brake bus, because it depends on where your battery level is, because that's what the computer does with fly-by-wire. If your battery's empty, the brakes have to be mechanical, and the battery's the other way around. If the battery's empty, you get a lot of deceleration. So it's a bit of a weird thing. But, yeah, so off was Perez, which gave us all a bit of a smile, to be honest, <laughs> most of us, um, to see what run the other Red Bull. It also meant that, you know, Max was now at the mercy of having to fight two um, Mercedes up front, now, despite my telling them they should have had one on softs and one on mediums, the idiots at Mercedes put them both <laughs> on mediums. But George made that start, and so did Lewis and Max. And we thought, oh, we're going to go. He pushed me off the track. He pushed me off the track. Oh, the amount so of times this, Max did that on other people, by the way. But then, you know, George George did his early pit stop. As soon as the yellows went out, he thought he'd jump in and, and go to the, the white tyres. And then, of course, the red flag, which ruined George's strategy completely. Uh, then when it was just, you know, Max against Lewis, I mean, that DRS overtake, I think he was four lengths ahead of, before they got to the corner, he not only passed Lewis, he was four car lengths. I mean, it's all down to, you know, it's brilliant by the Red Bull Aeronautics. Their team has come up with this and it just works incredibly well. Um, Did you hear so you Crofty? Go- it was so embarrassing. He said... Right, let's see what Lewis Hamilton's going to do to defend. Is is he going to come back at him? He's going to, and and already, like you said, he's forecast. Past. Max was <laughs> gone. Max was gone. I mean, and I certainly don't think any rules should be changed this year as well. People clamour to you know this is what you know Liberty be saying now. They be saying, well, can't we, you know, can't we pull them back a bit? You know, this is what the era Ross Braun's new active era. Let's handicap the best. You can't do that. The brilliant Red Bull car is going to dominate this year, and we just have to accept it. No point in complaining about it. Um, but even after even after the album um, red flag, I thought towards the middle of the towards the end of the race. Can, can we just go we back had... to the album red flag? I'm sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but after that uh, red flag, there was all there was almost a pileup before they even restarted under the safety car. Did you see that around the court? Oh, the guys the at the back, yeah. When Ooh, they were slow, was... they one I had to go. Across... Why were they backing up so much? Someone sort know. of fifteenth was just going very slowly. Maybe they wanted to go faster later in the parade. Yeah, that was dangerous again, you know, because <laughs> they're all out of control. I mean, we have to have a new regulation about the average speed when following a pace car. And, and, you know. <laughs> but they just keep on writing a new regulation. Every time anything goes wrong, they write a new regulation. And then they've got so many regulations, they don't know which one to use when it comes to the, the final round. I don't even know what happened at the end. But all I know is in the middle of the race, we had what I would say was a great Grand Prix going on. Max had disappeared. He's in the best car. Okay, he's going to win. Yeah. But then you had Lewis and Alonso. Alonso constantly, I was looking at that one second gap. Chip, you chip, had that chip. going on. Yep. Had Alonso, chip, chip, chip. Um, behind him, you had Sainz with Gasly, bringing Gasly with brilliant drive yep. going on. This is Grand Prix racing, you know. Stroll strolling around in his not-so-quick Aston Martin. Perez making his recovery. He got up to about seventh, I think, by then. He was behind Stroll. But did he get the Stroll? I can't remember. And then Lando um, dragging his slow, tardy uh, McLaren as far as he could. And Hulkenberg, the brilliant Hulk there. I mean, Nico Hulkenberg, what a... 
I mean, I've got to, I've got to change my opinion and go back and delete a few tweets about what I thought about Hulkenberg because I thought he wouldn't be any better than K Mag and why not put a young driver in instead? But he's been fantastic this year. So we actually had seven different manufacturers in the top nine places, Amazing. all just you know waiting for the tire degradation, maybe something to change. And if it had finished like that with no more overtaking, I wouldn't have minded. That's a Grand Prix, you know. Yeah. That's what the Grand Prix's are. It's not a Formula Ford race or a Caterham race where everyone's overtaken at every corner. Um, so, you know, it would have been a great Grand Prix and then put on K-Mag, clip the wall. And some spectator quickly, I think, they cut their arm back. A bit of um, carbon fibre went over the fence I read this morning and landed on someone's arm and cut them. So nothing's ever safe. I think this is the other thing we have to worry too much about, everything making too safe. You can't ever cover everything. Um, so, no, then you know, they had that other crash and then it just all got silly. Well, it, 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 that... it came a bit of a farce. Even all the all the drivers yeah. said well, it was. Yeah, yeah what, what's Nobody. what's going on here? It's a bit of a mess. To they quote Max Verstappen, cruised across the finish line under wave yellows. The We'd first, the first, the first um, race in history, Formula One race in history, to have three red flags, I believe. Was Which, it? Oh. Yeah, I know. On those bloody juggernauts, you know, into tight corners. <laughs> These one-ton juggernauts they're now driving. You know. They, they're not the easiest things to be when you're all three abreast and three wide and locking cold tyres or colder tyres. I mean, I, didn't, I don't know why they invented that starting grid start for restarts either. I don't know who came up with that for more drama, bring more, because we got dull racing. Formula One's getting dull. How do you make it? Oof, change the circuits for one and then hopefully change the cars, but that's not going to happen in the near future, I'm afraid. Um, I don't know when the next rules might be. What, 2030 after 2026? Um, but yeah. there were some guys. I mean, Alex Albon was that was a great story to the yeah, lost. What do you mean there was? There's a lot of drama. There's huge amounts of drama. Yeah. We, we we haven't even come on to um, Carlos Sainz. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard his radio message when he was given a, a, a penalty for um, causing an incident. Oh, the, the emotion on the guy. Just this is please, you know, don't you wait until afterwards. Speak to me afterwards because of course it it took him out of the points after having a brilliant day. It took him down to twelfth place out of the oh. points. I didn't even look at the results after it all. I virtually went and had a cup of tea. I thought, but, oh, my God. But it's, but it's funny. This, just... I, think, I think people like me want some consistency. And there's, there doesn't seem to be that much consistency because Logan Sargent did the same. He caused an accident uh, going to the corner. I can't remember. I think he might have hit uh, uh, Williams or something, whoever he hit. But no further action. So he spanned the car. Almost identical uh, situation to what um, Carlos Sainz did. But because he's in P20... They didn't give him any penalty whatsoever, yeah. which there's got to be some sort of consistency. I like Flander. Well, Stroll, Stroll, Stroll tapped uh, Leclerc off at turn yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I think it was a bit of a pinch. It was a bit of a pinch. I think he, he was a bit pinched between Alonso and Leclerc. But, uh, he was, that actually. Was yeah. And that was, that was from, in my very um, humble opinion, it was nothing to do with Stroll. He literally had nowhere to go. Well, yeah. But um, but but it, it was I like what Fernando Alonso wrote on Twitter afterwards about Lewis. He said <laughs> Mega Drive Lewis. I thought that was really nice because yeah. they did. That was what racing's about. Forget Max. He was gone. He was gone in the, yeah. the amazing Red Bull. But uh, uh, of course the podium... and Jensen Button. Jensen Button made it a much better Grand Prix. Apologies to Martin Bundle. I'm not, you know, Martin can come in has a different style. I so enjoyed yeah. listening listening to Jensen. He very laid back. He chuckled yeah, he about a few things, didn't he? And, uh, I thought he, he took some of that hype out of the commentary that tends to happen a bit more with others, um, especially on his lead commentator, whose statistics are getting... Well, he was going on and on about Yuki Tsunoda having three 11th places, was it, on the trot, and how exciting that would be the first time in history anybody's finished in the same place. Oh, Croft, he just no, finished 11, 11th place in a, in a row. I, I mean, there, there are a couple of stats I'm going to drop with you because I know you love oh. stats so much. But it's the first time since Hungary that you had three world champions on the podium uh, back in oh, Hungary 2018. No, 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 no. That's a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? Then? So, for those of you that watch Sky, um, the introduction, the credits when they're showing uh, who's on what uh, row of the grid, they go through. And these drivers, they show some emotion and smile. They're all doing the most sultry, miserable poses you've ever seen in your life. I don't, I don't watch that. Until bit. it got to Carlos Sainz. And fair play, actually, on uh, row three was um, Lance Stroll as well. They're the only two to crack a bit of a smile. But um, <laughs> all the others, come on, guys. Give us, some, give us a smile. 
Uh, where are they going next? Anyway, I've lost, I've lost, Azure, I've exhausted in a few weeks' time. Oh, the huge long straight, yeah, they have a sprint race, aren't they? Which should be that around those tight, um, very tight 90 degree corners at Azerbaijan. Um, so yeah, it, well, I mean, it was, it's a shame. I think if it hadn't been for that last red flag, we would have said, What well, that was a really good Grand Prix. If there'd just been, the, I, thought um, I thought it was a good Grand Prix. I think I just want some consistency from uh, from the FIA. Who got driver of the day? Who got your vote? And who do you think got the public's vote? Oh, I don't know. I never looked at that. I would have given Gasly. Would you really? Yeah. Well, it's the well, first he was time hanging in there. First time Gasly and Ocon, of course, came together. I don't think that was the last <laughs> yeah. time, and it was it was it was just one of those instances. Yeah, Gasly. That was... I do you know what? I'm a Lewis fan, but 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 my, my hand on my heart, if I wasn't, I would say Lewis probably had the driver day driving that Mercedes. Drove drove us to to defend yeah. against. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, it qualified, qualified second and third. So, yeah, you know, true. Okay, finished. so I'll go I'm not sure when did Gasly qualify? I'm not sure. But he wasn't but the in the top The public 10. gave it he was to just... Perez. Which... Oh, did they? What? <laughs> what did he do? So if, <laughs> if Max started where Perez did, Max would have won the race. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Max wouldn't have been eighth or ninth. Where did Perez end up in the official results? I think then? he was sixth or something. Well, he yeah, overtook but... the two because the two... The Pink Panthers didn't go in the well, restart. It was all very confusing because of the Oh, restart. he got fifth, but it, it was... should have been about... Sixth or seventh, because Carlos got the penalty, so um, it's all very confusing with the restart and the penalties. But there you go, <laughs> uh, a very, a very interesting um, Australian Formula One. And that's Formula One for you, boy. That's that's you know that sadly is where it's going to be. More and more rules, more and more confusion, more and more protests. And the fuss about uh, Max's grid position with that last restart, wasn't it? But his <laughs> tires were right on, just touching a bit of the white line. <laughs> But but I mean you know he's silly doing that because I mean he has he's so far in front. Look at it. I mean, when have well, you he ever said known? he couldn't see. Apparently the sun was very low. I don't yeah, know. But it's, it's, that's, yeah. that's not an excuse. You, you, no. Ignorance isn't an excuse in a court of law. You can't go and say I didn't see it or I didn't know about that. It's, that's not an excuse. You're a driver. You've got a responsibility. Come back a foot before if you can't see it. But yeah. it just goes to show the dominance of the Red Bull because. He could do that, and he, you know, what if he got a penalty? He still would have run the race. <laughs> and even when he came off, went off into the grass. I mean, it's unheard of for a for a lead driver to come across, mm. come off in the grass, and still. Well, did they spun in Hungary? Did he about two or three years ago? Yeah. You remember but, he lost not it. that long ago? Yeah. But anyway, the Formula, Formula Two, Formula Three, Formula two. Support, come on. so much. We'll just do the IndyCar because that's you. That, that the the contrast to me was just massive. So well, it was brilliant. If you're just a racing fan, I mean, that Texas race was just. I mean, it's scary to watch. And uh, I think there were about three lead changes on the first lap. I think they were up to about 23 <laughs> lead changes that they got towards the end. And it was a shame that, you know, they, they took a pace car across the finish line because um, uh, Roman Grosjean was race for his yeah. life. Roman was, you know, he led for a while. But he was, yeah. he was still had, he had better tyres in the front three, but he was trying to sort out this amazing David Malukas. Um who shows that in, in IndyCar, that's what I like about IndyCar, because yes, the big teams have the best engineers, best aerodynamicists, and it's, you know, it's normally up front, it's normally what the, the Ganassis and um, McLarens and Penske's. Here's Malukas, this little Dale coin, you know, outfit with half the budget, probably of the leading teams. He's up there in fourth place, you know, battling for a 21-year-old, can come from nowhere. Um, but Grosjean hit the wall and the yellow flags came out. So Newgarten beat. And Pato Wall was probably the moral win. Everybody thought he was the quickest man that he day. He was but... amazing. That 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 sort of um, the, the the third quarter uh, where he just dominated. He looked like he was yeah. a second lap quicker than everyone else. So yeah. and then Texas Speedway because I watched this for once uh, <laughs> is um, is an oval and the speeds yeah. that these guys are doing. You got twenty eight cars on the track um, and the speeds they cut. They're doing two hundred and twenty miles an hour. And they're inches <laughs> away from each other. It is just—I've never—I've never seen anything like it. Actually, it was just crazy. An occasional fuel save, and it gets the former E people keep on pointing yep. that out. The former, yes, if if there's a yellow, sixty laps from the end of the race, and the, the petrol tank will only do fifty-seven laps. There's big decisions which happen in this race as to whether or not you know what do you do? Do you lose track position or do you refuel? And so, yes, there were, there were people out front that had to back off because Pato Ward had to do it. He thought he was going to lose the race. Luckily, another yellow allowed him to fill up and have full fuel to the, for the run to the finish. So you will get times when people are having to fuel save, um, but that's only because they played that tactic. They've chosen not to pit and had full fuel. So whatever. So there's lots goes on in IndyCar. And, um, it was stunning, just breathtaking. Watch, was, no, I think race. that's the word, breathtaking. I think over twenty or different leaders, and it's just the, the the pace. And then, of course, when an accident happens, which it does frequently, in that 
blimey, you're just thinking, is that guy going to be okay? Is that, I mean, in big old crunches. Uh, and when they hit the back wall, which inevitably they do quite often, uh, the suspension goes straight away, and then they've got no control over the car, so then yeah. it, and it goes across all the other cars. But well, it, Graham we... Rahal came across that uh, guy, you know, who's broken the suspension, yeah. just veered up the track straight into him, and woof, went over the top of him slightly. And I just mentioned earlier about the uh, sweeping the track. So mid-race, they're sweeping the marbles off yeah, the high I'm side up. to make it more exciting for the for the end of the track. But they've got all this going on. So they're recovering cars with tow trucks. They're yes. sweeping the road and they're going around at a half-decent pace um, with the safety car. So it's, it's because because we've had a major incident in Formula 1, now it's gone safety crazy too so, far um, well, they, they ruined all the stuff you know after that awful crash in japan you know, they put all the chicanes in everywhere more corners you know but, but, i think but, formula one formula one could be a lot better if i if i redesigned most circuits <laughs> bypassed a quarter reduced corners from 24 down to about 16 um it would be much better and and on the formula one side of things i think uh, in terms of safety Yes, the Alex Albon incident yesterday that uh, caused the red flag. If that was in the, the pouring rain and wet, great, do a red flag. But when you've got perfect visibility, oh. uh, dry track, absolutely oh. no need whatsoever to, uh, to, 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 to uh, red flag it, in my opinion. I know. I know. And, and change all the tyres when they come in. Yeah, I'm just... They all get almost annoys me. You're seeing all these drivers walking around, chatting to everybody in the middle of a race. Maybe, maybe they should stay in the cars, compulsory. Stay in your car. Well, yeah, if it's about two hours, then uh, stay in your car. <laughs> well, okay, so we agree unanimously. I don't watch much IndyCar, but my goodness, that I was a that. Crack. That I mean, was... Not, the point is not every race is like this. This is always what annoys me. People, there will always be dull IndyCar races, dull Formula 2, dull NASCAR races, dull Formula 1. You know, then there'll be great Formula 1. And great. It's not consistent, but, you know, IndyCar to me is it's more like... And the other thing about IndyCar, they are ground-effect cars. But because that's controlled, because it's a spec ground effect car, they can they can follow inches behind and lose very very little grip. So, but obviously they haven't got as much grip. They haven't got you know Formula One car for is I think it's about three tons of downforce at two hundred miles an hour. They're sucking their car into the ground. Whereas you know Indy cars probably only got about one ton of downforce sucking. So it's it's a less, but it's a ground effect car that they can follow and race and overtake. So if you haven't They've got seen pushed Indy... to pass. They've got pushed to pass yeah. on road courses. If you haven't seen IndyCar uh, on the television, but the oval's not, it's hard to follow a little bit in terms of the, the camera work. But then they've got this wonderful 360 camera that just shows you how close they get. They're literally fucking <laughs> wheels at 220 miles an hour. Oh, that's good. And the, anyway, and the 360 camera follows all the way around. What are we going, yeah, where are we going next? We go back to we Australia. We go back to Melbourne. Yeah, okay. back to Australia. There's some great support races. I mean, the Melbourne crowd had a a fantastic weekend of motorsport to watch. Um, if you manage to get to a corner where you could watch and not just stood on the straight, watch but anyway, that's for them to choose, I guess. Um, Formula Two was dominated really by the Japan's Ayuma Iwasa, who looks like a real talent for the future. Um, he managed to qualify on pole in these horrible wet conditions. They had they had really awful conditions in their qualifying, and very few of them crashed, which is quite surprising. Um, he didn't go so well in the sprint race because he um well, he started ninth on the grid because the reverse grid. Um, he had a puncture early on and finished 13th. But he, he dominated the main um, race to, to come up to uh, lead the championship ahead of Taylor Porsche, who came second. Uh, Dennis Haug of the day won the sprint race from pole because he was the 10th fastest. You know, I know I always get upset by it. <laughs> but he actually did a brilliant race. Haug, from winning the sprint race, to me, wasn't his best drive. Because in the main race, he came from 10th on the grid, which is where he qualified, to, to be running third, when on the end of a pace, the pace car had gone in, and coming up to that final left-right, when the leader had gone, Uwasa had punched the throttle and disappeared, um, Victor Martin, the French kid, who's a bit of a wild child, reputation growing, locked up and just punted Hauger. So fourth hit the back of third, took them both out of the race, um, before they even got back to the restart. Um, so lots of entries, good stuff, great racing. You know, you, know, you, you know they don't have pace cars in F2, don't you? To, just oh, just full course yellow then. Safety don't have a pace car. A safety car. Sorry, got carried away, Indy. <laughs> carried away, carried away. But this is the funniest thing about Ford. Throughout the history, 
they wanted to copy some things the Americans do, but never wanted to use the same terminology to look like their company. <laughs> and that's why, you know, the, the safety car became a safety car. We can't use the word pace car. It's what the Americans do. But now, of course, they, they're copying more and more American tricks um, to make the racing exciting. And, and we didn't actually say, we said how exciting the IndyCar race was with 20 or different uh, changes of the lead. We did actually confirm that it was, it finished under safety car, yeah. which um, under pace car. And it happens. It yeah. happens. Well, they all know that it happens. Yeah. Um, our, our only Brit, our talented Brit, I think very talented Brit, Ollie Behrman, um, continues his learning curve of Formula 2. Incre- he went, he, when the, it was rain, 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 this qualifying, so it was really wet. And he jumped from 19th to 6th on his last lap in the wet. Uh, before the, the session was actually red flag because Martin talking about wild child Martin had crashed so the session was ended about two minutes early so he leapt from 19th to 6th um, he started the sprint race in 5th he faded a little bit but um, took 7th off his teammate more experienced Vesti at the last lap finished 7th uh, then in the main race he, he started 6th got up to 5th I think but he did push Zane Maloney wide at turn 1 a bit and got a <coughs> 5 second penalty uh, then he came to the pits, his team got into fourth, and coming up the pits, he got clobbered by uh, the French guy, Hadjar, which punctured his car coming up the pits in fourth place for the um, restart, and he got back up to 12th. So Oli Behrman's still learning, but results will come. There you go. He's still Have young, but so are lots of other very talented people from all over well, the world. All- well, we've got in Formula 3, we've now got five drives in Formula 3. Um, so it's such a, I mean, I, f- I apologise to overseas listeners that I'm, we concentrate on the Brits because, well, that's, we're a British team and we can't concentrate on everybody. So we always follow the British drivers wherever they go. Um, but in Formula yeah, but we, 3... we respect any driver wherever yeah, they're from. The yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it doesn't mean to say <laughs> they'll all go on. Um, but the Formula 3 race, again, this is modern safety coming in because it's only a 15-lap race or 18-lap sprint race, first race. And there were just so many full-course yellow safety cars. Um, safety cars, got it right. That I think they had about two laps when the DRS was enabled. And the Formula 3 DRS didn't really help them, even though they had four DRS zones. Um, overtaking was almost impossible in those Formula 3 cars, except for like the first couple of laps when everyone went crazy and everyone ended up in the gravel traps. And this is another safety thing I think we have to look at, is when a car has gone through the gravel, it's parked right up against the wall, so well off the circuit, we've got to stop using a safety car and recovering cars. I know, oh gosh, can't leave a car there. But I think in certain circumstances, we can. Get the driver and the marshals back behind the fence, go again you could just have a zone just a 60 kilometer zone or so what happens, what happens if you go into that car 100 miles an hour well you hit it you're going to hit the food you're going to hit the you're going to hit the barrier at 100 miles an hour you might as well hit a car <laughs> no and i remember it was always funny in formula ford days my chaotic formula ford days was a famous um midlander ron overend who did the driver's briefing clerk of the course he used to say if you're going to park your car lads Make sure you park it somewhere really safe because some other bugger will come and hit it. Um, well, uh, it, it uh, did, but I can't remember ever an accident getting worse because a car got off and hit a car that was parked. Maybe you I mean, just obviously, people damage the car. You can't, you can't well, take Well, you can't take any chance. But, Do you want to race then? Can you take a chance of racing? No, absolutely. You might you. injure but yourself. Yeah, but there's this. There's How calculated... far do we go on and on and on with it's safety? I don't think you can race with a car on the side of the road unless it's out of the way. Behind unless... the gravel trap. You've got the gravel trap to still yeah. slow, not on the edge of the road, obviously. There has to yeah. be a certain, you know, common sense. Com- that, that's really what kind we need. Of common... That's what instead we need. Common sense. Yeah, Can't have common sense. You have to have another rule and another rule and another rule. If the car is 22 and a half metres off the circuit, there must be a full... If the car yeah. is 23 metres off the circuit, we can That's leave it That's what there. we need. We're You're absolutely right. Because every single incident is different. I mentioned Logan Sargent and Carlos Sainz. It's a different incident. Every single... So common you can't sense. have the same rule. You need a bit of common sense. But there's not but much of that the, going on. But everyone protests common sense now. But it's hard because... they've got huge legal we, fees. They'll yeah, sue. But we live in this... Dad's, we live in a world now, Tiff, where you can't say anything and you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So I do, uh, you know, I empathise with the FIA, but to, I want that consistency. But then I'm also calling out for common sense. It's really hard to get that balance. 
Anyway, they had very little racing in that first Formula 3 race because they spent more time cruising around behind a safety car. Um, however, the star of Formula 3 was Gabriel Bottoletto, Brazilian driver, who was actually in the Fernando Alonso Academy. He actually didn't do much. He came sixth in Formula Regional last year, so he wasn't exactly expected to be a superstar. But anyway, he's looked really good this year. In the sprint, he got from 12th to 7th. Um, in the main race, he held off Gregoire Saucy. Getting back DRS, he held off Saucy. The two of them broke away at the front, and Saucy couldn't get by. Twelve laps of right on his gearbox, but the DRS just wasn't, and that didn't seem to help enough in Formula Three. Um, so Bottoletto was a star. Five Brits: Zach O'Sullivan, the best of the Brits again. He qualified fifth and actually won the sprint race after the winner was uh, excluded. Franco Colapinto won the sprint race, reverse grid race. But his MP Motorsport, all three of their cars were disqualified for having altered keels. I thought a keel was a thing on a boat. Boat, yeah. Anyway, something under the car. They've they've done a little. They've repaired them. They've repaired them not according to the how do you repair okay. your keel book. So a bit of controversy there. And Zach in the main race started fifth and finished fifth. It was just a DRS train, and nobody really ever took. Luke Browning, this year's Autosport winner, um, he qualified ninth, and he should have won the sprint race. He got way too impatient. It was almost frustrating. He was so over the top. Of um, It was Montoya's um, son, brother. Son was leading, holding him up. Um, but Luke went for a gap. He should First time the DRS opened, he went for a gap into that really quick turn nine on the inside and ended up vaulting the curve up in the air, smashed down again, damaged the car. Um, impatience, Luke. You would have won that. Uh, but he I struggled, but I, I think yeah. he finished about 20th due to damage. But in the main race, he got from ninth to sixth. He was one of a few drivers that made some progress. There was a Luke, good racing, but Luke, calm down. That was yours to win. Uh, Johnny Edgar, 14th to 11th, 14th to a Taylor Barnard, 18th to 10th. Oliver Gray, 21st to 14th. None of those three really having a good weekend. Mentioned Sophia Flourish, of course, the girl, the woman girl who's uh, fighting for the females. Uh, qualified 25th and finished had a 16th and an 18th. So still not superstarring, but out there having a go. So plenty of F3 action. Good to see we've got five Brits, one of them winning the sprint race. Aussie Supercars, the other entertainment, which I'm sure was most entertaining. I haven't seen any of that on telly. Um, well, I saw, I saw, for those of you who didn't see, there was a car that came into the pits on fire, like proper, proper Oh, on that's fire. right. A couple of the Mustangs, wasn't it? The Fords yeah. only, I think. A couple of Mustangs. Self, self, what's what that word? Self. Um, but all four races are run by Camaro, so a bit of a um, there's gonna be a bit of a, a balance. Is it Camaro, do you? Is it Camaro or Camaro? I don't know. You say tomato, I say tomato. I don't know. <laughs> Camaro, Camaro. Um, all four races won by Chevrolets. Um, two of them won by a first time winner, Brody Kostecki has become a star overnight, winning two of the races. Shane Van Gisbergen won another, and Brock Feeney won the fourth. Um, but the best Mustang in each race was fifth, second, fourth, sixth. So Ford are going to have a balance of power complaint. Always a problem, isn't it? It's going to be there forever. But always good, entertaining racing. So the Melbourne, they had a Porsche race as well. No one did have won that. Sorry, Porsche people didn't check that out. But um, lots of entertainment in Melbourne. And then more trouble when they all climbed over the fence at the end and the circuit's going to get penalised. There must be a rule for that. The well, that's fine. Do you know what they call invasion. that? That's what? stupidity. I mean, it's just, I mean, what are they thinking, these guys? Come on. What were they doing? I didn't even bother. Oh. Them. Were they hanging the fence before the checkered flag went out? Or when, yeah, when did they but, climb? Well, I, I, I saw various different things. Some said that it was during the racing, but they weren't going flat, but they were going fast. But uh, yeah, I feel sorry for the circuit there because, like I said, my sister said it was just incredible. The whole thing was organized incredibly well. And where was she watching from? I don't know. I did not. Did she actually see any, you know, car go by at all or blur looking over someone's head? I don't know, but the whole family were there and half are Max fans and half are Lewis fans. So um, <laughs> I guess they're both quite happy, actually, because it was a it was a good it was, yeah. a, it was inevitable for Max and um, good to see Lewis back on the podium. Uh, let's go to Argentina, Tiff, um, South America. Yeah, MotoGP. No, it's Susie Perry. Oh, she, no. um, she, was... she got... Degnagan's is it Degnagan's disease? Yeah, de de something like Degnagan's disease, which is junky, junky, dangerous junky. to get twice. Apparently. Yeah, you know what? So She's she the only to... guest we've ever had on this. We need to get another guest, actually. Susie Perry's the only guest I think we've ever had on this show. She's wonderful, Susie. Um, yeah, this drop a weird circuit out in Argentina. 
I mean, there was brilliant racing as always. We'll talk about it in a minute. But hardly any crowd there. There were a couple of sort of scaffolding-looking grandstands I occasionally saw well away from the track with a half filled. <laughs> and so this uh, this most amazing race meeting. It lacked a bit of atmosphere, to be honest. You're not having any crowd shots or any sort of, you know, enthusiasm visible at the edge of the track. It was in a place called um, Termas de Rio Honda, right in the middle of South America, almost quite close to Brazil on the Argentinian border. It's, it's a lakeside. It's got hot springs. It's like a holiday town. But obviously not many people on holiday for relaxing wanted to go watch some amazing MotoGP races. It's rather strange, no crowd. It is. Um, the, the sprint race was epic. The Saturday in the dry, the MotoGP top class sprint race. I mean, it's just, it was 12 lap, 12 lap sprint. And of course, when they didn't have to worry about tyres, they could just route them and go for it. They were just overtaking everywhere, clashing shoulders. And Brad Binder, the South African on his KTM, who'd qualified about 15th, I think, came through the win. It was just unbelievable ride. Um, he was, he's got the biggest smiling teethy grin and it, it was wider than I've ever seen it. It was an amazing. He didn't, he didn't laugh too much in the main race because he fell off on the first lap. But anyway. Winning is amazing. Well, I can only imagine. Um, but when you don't win that often. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, yeah. But it was just a, just a brilliant race to watch. Red State. It was not a Texas Indy car. You know, it was just everything was going on everywhere yeah. from start to finish, um, which is what you want. Um, the main races, all the main races on the Sunday were in the rain, so rain everywhere, very tricky conditions. Um, so the main MotoGP race was just to end up with the Battle of Ducati. Ducati again dominating MotoGP, really. Um, I mean, it was it was all the factory satellites because they're all up there. The, there's three, I think, factory satellites with Ducatis, um, and the, the one uh, factory bike, um, Bagnaia, the champion from last year, dropped it. When but running second, so he fell off. So it's left for three of the factory satellite teams to come fill the podium, which is quite a thing. Uh, Marco Bersecchi won the race, and he was on the Valentino Rossi's, the VR46 team. He walked away with it. He qualified about second, I think. And his grid and his accent, he's very Valentino Rossi. So it's almost lovely to see a Valentino Rossi team win the Grand Prix. Uh, Marco's first win, and Marco speaking and sounding very much like uh, Valentino. <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, the French guy, uh, Johan Zarco, came second on the Pramac um, satellite. And Alex Marquez, brother of Marco Marquez, also smiling a lot with a lot of teeth, came third with the Grassini uh, Ducati. So but it, was, it wasn't... The, the front three was exciting. It wasn't that close a race on those big bikes in the wet. They were all... Zarco really coming from sixth to second was the, the story of the, of the action and uh, Bagnaia dropping it. Uh, Moto2, Jake Dixon, our leading British rider, he celebrated his wife. I was just going to uh, say, had he had a baby as well. And what do you think of the cricketers and rugby players? They're all oh, Australia. I've got to go home. My, my wife's expecting this week, and they won't play in a test match. They'll sacrifice all, a test not match. Not all of them, Tiff. Not all of them will do that. But, but Jake did. Jake was out there. I mean, also... <laughs> To, to, to be doing one of the most dangerous sports in the world, you know, visibly, while your wife is giving birth, this amazing mental aptitude. Um, and he had a fabulous day. He qualified fourth. There were three riders out, just had a whole race battle. Uh, Jake led for a while, um, but dropped a third in the end. Uh, it was the Italian, Tony Albolino, who, who came through the win from, from uh, the Spain's Alonso Lopez with Sam third. But it was just a, that was a really good race. Um, not Sam Lowe's. I mean, third with Jake Dixon, of course. Sam Lowe's was 10th. Other Brit and Rory Skinner retired on about the fifth lap for no known reason. Pedro Costa, championship leader, was very quiet day 12th. Didn't seem to like his bike. Wasn't good for the wet or what. You would have thought... That you always think talent it. will shine in the wet. That's always the belief you have. But it's still set up of cars, however brilliant the rider or driver might be. Um, he wasn't, wasn't going anywhere in the wet, Pedro. So it was a good British weekend, actually, because Jake Dixon had that podium. And Scott Ogden, this young kid, we've been yeah, championing his cause for a year. For him, yeah. Oh, yeah, he finally uh, didn't yeah. fall off. and He qualified eighth. and He actually sat on the sort of back of the top ten pack. He, he took it sensibly, uh, but was with the leaders all the way. Fifth um, place? Yeah, well, Tatsuki Suzuki disappeared, the Japanese boy, to win. But it was this pack from second to tenth yeah. where Scott was in this battle of eight eight riders. 
And towards the end, you could tell he actually had more pace. He suddenly, because he was he, yeah. he sort of, and they just closed up on the front six and then got up to fifth, I think. And we're all thinking, what could be a podium here, Scott? <laughs> and he went for a move at the end of the long, long straight. And he locked the front. It was terrifying. And we actually saw it happen. And I'm biking the wet. As soon as the front locks, you've got Absolutely. to come off the brakes. Absolutely. And of course, there's two riders right in front of him. So he had to release the brakes. And he shot between two riders, clobbered the one on the left who fell down, poor Ricardo Rossi. Um, so Rossi won't be sending him a Christmas uh, card. Um, so he finished fourth on the road, but got a, a five-second penalty or six-second penalty for clobbering Rossi, which dropped him out to fifth. But, he um, was chuffed, though. I'm chuffed oh. him as well. Even Josh Watley, he's Watley Watley, Watley, I'll get that right one day, Watley, I would say. Um, he had his best, he came from 28th to 15th. He doesn't seem to be able to get the pace in qualifying, Watley, um, but he certainly had a good race to get the 15th. So, he, as always, Susie's boys uh, entertained royally in Argentina, even if there weren't many people there watching. Great. Uh, let's go. Where are we going next? Oh, going NASCAR. To... Oh, NASCAR. Was it good? I didn't see any of it, I'll be honest with you. There's, there's not a lot. Really, after report, it was. Uh, it doesn't really matter because the winner was... Oh, yes. <laughs> number In five. Number five, Kyle Larson. <laughs> what happened to the ref of the pack? I don't care what happened, really. <laughs> I did go to bed before the end of that one. I have to... I gave, having watched... Where on was Sunday, it? I watched Formula One, Formula Two, Formula Three. I watched everything. It was at a little three-quarter mile Richmond track. Um... Just, so, yes. of, just to, to get it into context, how uh, long is the Texas track? I think that's a one and a half. Okay. So you super wow. speed Super speedways are two miles. I think I think the Texas is one and a half miles. So, so that was about the only to... sports. Okay. No, that let's, was let's, it. What, let's, what let's else do you have to say? I don't care what well, the others did. Let's have a chat about catering because I love catering racing. I watched, I'm, I'm not racing this season, sadly, but um, I watched a lot of it on the live stream. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. In fact, I never really have watched it before because I've been racing and uh, I watched the old Academy boys go up into road sport and they just. Uh -huh. Where's this? Where, where were they racing? Oh, uh, they were at Alton Park. So okay. uh, you say about safety, it wasn't that long ago before they had, they had trees lining the old. <laughs> And then my guys uh, are now racing in the 270s, and um, I gotta say, br absolutely brilliant. Uh, what does a 270 mean? Is that that's how much? Is that more power? Is so like... yeah, more power now. They got 135 horsepower, wider track suspension, better tires. So how, what, what did the academy start with? Then, one two five. Power wise, one two. It's five. only ten more horsepower then. It's only ten more horsepower, but no windscreen, so you got you got no drag. You got better, uh, harder suspension, so uh, better cornering, and you've got uh, more grip with the tires. So uh, still, still run one tire for wet and dry. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the same tire, but it's a much more of a, a track. Tire. So did your mates win? Well, Fred Chinnick's had an absolute stormer of a weekend. It was it was really Fred and Charlie uh, who who took all the glory. Charlie Lower, um, yeah. but Fred won every single race. However, he did a bit more than Max Verstappen on the first start, and he started uh, about ten inches or ten centimeters in front of his <laughs> grid box got a 10-second penalty, which put him back to, I think, like eighth place or something. Um, what about the other former champion? Wasn't he there? Uh, no, Jeff Newman. He's um, hung up his Caterham Championship boots, which is a real shame because I would have loved Where's to Where's he gone Jeff. instead? Is he racing something I, else? He'll be racing for sure. He'll be doing Toyos or something like that. But it was good to see a couple of the academy guys that skipped road sport, went straight into 270. They did really well. Matt Larby and uh, Roger Packkey. Um, they did really well in race one. They fell off the pace a little bit, but my goodness, that is tough now. All the way down, you look at the look. I mean, Mark Jones struggled in in. It did well in the third race, but really struggled. Uh, Joe did awfully. He did really badly. So they're using the same car, are they? Same chassis. Yeah, you can use the same car all the way up until you get to the only time you need to change it is the on the fifth and final, which is the four tens, the four twenties, the three tens. You don't need to change it. Um, and in the 310 race, actually, just wanted to pay, um, get well soon to Roger Gordon, had a very, very nasty accident. His, um, his uh, partner, Helen, has uh, updated us to say that he's doing well in hospital, but he had a very, very... Where did he go off then? I On don't know, actually. I don't know. It was uh, late in the day. Um, but, there are um, some dodgy places. Up Clay Hill, there's some dodgy places in Alton Park where you yeah, can really go off. Look, it was Caton Racing. There was, there was, in all of the um, racing, there was lots of... Uh, yeah, lots of sort of taps, and if you do it in the wrong place at the wrong wrong time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also in the three tens, the first race in the three tens. Bear in mind, it's a thirty-minute race. There was no safety car. 
and the top four finished in 0 0.079 seconds of each other. It was bloody amazing. I love it so much. But get well soon, Roger Gorn. Uh, uh, Roger Gorn, our thoughts with you there. And um, yeah, more Caton Racing in a few weeks at Croft, I think they're going to. You see what we like on Love Cards on the grid. Everything, when, when, it, when it's a good racing, we smile yeah. a lot. So that's this weekend, the smiles came from IndyCar, MotoGP, and um, Caterham's. Well, I think, but, I think Formula One was there as well, but there was yeah. certainly some excitement. Like I said, if it had gone to the end, as I said, with that order, that was just, it was it was a proper Grand Prix. Yes. So that's next, come up next weekend now. Any more from last weekend? That's it for me. No more gossip. Um, yeah, so next weekend we, have, we go from masses of international racing to hardly <laughs> any. In fact, um, Easter weekend for you. Now, come on, if you want the British GTs at Alton Park, which is a wonderful place to go to watch motorsport. I'm not sure the, I think it's GB, GB3 and GB4 follow them. Possibly, you might get single. Anyway, you'll get a wonderful program of racing. You go to Alton Park. And if it's bikes, it's British, um, British Superbucks round one at Silverstone on the short circuit. So that's your entertainment for Easter. And internationally, the only racing is, of course, as there is every weekend. NASCAR. <laughs> and this is a good NASCAR to watch. Like some are boring, not every race, because it's this dirt race. The Food City Dirt Race. Because this Bristol Speedway, this is the third year they've done it. They take, um, the Bristol Speedway is like the Coliseum of NASCAR. Amazing stands, concrete stands all the way around. And it's a very 23 degree banked, um, half mile track. I mean, a right little fight hole. But they decided to make it a dirt race, as with midgets, you know, using dirt racing. So they, they take two and a half thousand truckloads of Tennessee clay, that's about 23,000 cubic yards, and they turn the, uh, the Bristol Speedway into a Bristol dirt track. Um, and what they have to, it's this balance, it's clay. And so you wet it down, obviously, to get the smoothness. And the, but if it's a bit too wet, it's like ice. And then if it's dry, it's brilliant. And then if it's too dry, all the dust comes up and you will crash because you can't see each other. So it's an incredibly difficult surface to run, you know, 40 NASCARs. And they drift and slide and tap each other. And um, there are quite a lot of yellows. So if, 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 like with Formula 3, I was complaining there's too many yellows, there are quite a lot. Because as soon as a NASCAR spins, the yellow comes out. I mean, that's, yeah. that's tradition. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. what you have to expect, expect if you go to NASCAR. Um, so anyway, so if you want a bit of a laugh, that's on, it's on the Sunday. So it's on, but you've got to watch um, Via Via Play, whatever they call it now. Via Online. Play. Online, not, not on your TV. Thanks for joining us always. See you next week. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Yes.